spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, 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 happy Friday! Sports of the program is brought to you by Parker and Sons, Plumbing Electrical, two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. Hope all is well with you. Gatos back uh, next week. Uh, the wise man in. Becky, of course, you're here. Uh, let's get rocking. Let's get rolling. Uh, job support came out today. Uh, Steve, uh, we created a lot of jobs. Uh, inflation is still there. We avoided a rail strike, but the reality is the rate hikes aren't doing what they need to do. We're going to probably have to do them again, and that's going to cost people a lot more money. Let's hear some of the numbers, shall we, Chad? I would love to. Nearly every day in the last few weeks has brought news of another round of layoffs in the tech industry, but the rest of the economy has more than made up for the loss. The Labor Department reports that U.S. companies created 263,000 jobs last month, even as the Federal Reserve worked to tamp down inflation by throttling hiring. The unemployment rate in November held steady at 3.7%. So Jim Ryan at ABC brings up a good point. I've been hearing a lot about layoffs lately. Yeah. Like a lot. Like there's been huge companies like uh, Amazon. Amazon announced layoffs. Meta, which is basically Facebook. Twitter has announced layoffs. Uh, there was another big one this week that announced they were going to lay well, off a bunch of people. Well, you had LinkedIn who, who, who pulled the trigger on layoffs. You have several. But here's what they are. They're tech companies. And the, the CEO of, of LinkedIn said something today that I think people need to understand. In good times, sometimes you overhire. You need 40, but you hired 60 because you could use the extra bodies, maybe try to expand. When things slow down, you start to scale back a bit, and that's what you're starting to see. A lot of people who are, I'm going to say disposable, but they were last in, first out kind of thing. So uh, now there are some places that also, like, like with Facebook, he bet everything on Meta. He's 10 years too early. He put a lot of money into that, and he hired, and they focused on that, and there's like three people using it. So it's hard to put all that money into something. But some of these things are like here in the in the, the food service industry and the, in the hospitality industry, they're, they're expecting growth all the way through next year. So 263,000 jobs in November added. That's slightly down from the last three months uh, that have happened. Uh, but it's roughly a quarter of a, a quarter of a million jobs. Yeah. Um, 3.7% unemployment rate. That is still very, very low. Some of the lowest unemployment numbers we've seen pre-pandemic and the last couple of decades. But just because the jobs numbers look good doesn't necessarily prevent the Fed from raising rates, which is going to mess with a lot of people's finances. If you, It depends on who you talk to, right? Some people say, well, if it's a half a point, we may have been through the worst. If it's three quarters of a point, we may see bad stuff coming. This is Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff's a very bright guy uh, who is a hedge fund guy, does a lot of stuff, big economists. This is what he said about what we could be expecting next year. It's not like the 2008 recession or financial crisis. It's actually going to be much worse than that. Uh, This is just the beginning. I think we've been in a stealth recession all year, but I think the recession is going to get much worse in 2023. I think a lot of people hear that, and, and I would understand if you freak out a little bit. Absolutely. Worse than 2008? Yeah, because he thinks a lot of people got into homes who could afford homes. They, they took some money out. They, uh, they're, they're, there's a chance that you were going to see a bubble burst in some of these places. And now we're not going to see, even if it does, something like that does happen. Is it going to be that bad for us here? No, probably not because the growth is here. People are still moving here. Businesses are moving here. But there are a lot of other places that I think could see a, a bust-like scenario that could get ugly. The other factor that we've talked about a 
lot in the economy is inflation, which here in Arizona and Phoenix specifically, we've seen some of the highest inflation rates in the entire country. Uh, Double digit inflation for sure. Gas prices, however, if we talk about that for just a second, nationally, from a national perspective, the price of gas has gone down 12 cents in the last week. Yep. It's gone down 29 cents in the last month. Yeah. So gas prices are going down at a steady rate. Jobs numbers look good. How can both of those things look really good, but things continue to get worse? Because a lot of people who are working jobs are working two jobs to make end meet. That's one of the big things. While, while some jobs are being filled, most of them are being filled by people who are picking up a second job. That's kind of scary. Uh, the other thing is we have a lot of people that are out of the 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 job market, but I think we have a lot of people that are being underestimated as far as that. Well, they're not working. They're not working according to us, but they're probably working as independent contractors, uh, things of that nature. So it's not like they're just sitting at home, you know, eating Cheetos and sitting on the couch going, my life sucks. It is a weird place, right? Like, cause we, we feel like things are good, but then we're waiting for something to happen. It's not like we were booming before, you know, when, uh, what was it, uh, that, uh, before COVID hit and then we're a little sideways and then everybody's like, we're waiting for something to happen. We averted the, the train strike, which was a good thing. Cause that would have really strike, hurt us. Yeah. Uh, rail strike. I said, what did I say today? I said, I asked my, my buddy, my producer, Phil's always wanted to be a rail man. I said, do you call it trains or do you call it rail workers? He goes, we call ourselves rail people. I'm whatever. But we did avert that. When I hear rail, I think think like shipping yeah cargo yeah when i hear train i think transit like yeah. people and that would have co- i don't know seven, if that's a seven million thing. people a day would have been affected by that strike as far as t- uh, commuter trains because through the northeast corridor that's what a lot of people take people li- you know they'll they'll, work, they'll live in philly but they'll work way out of town and stuff like live in new jersey work in the city yeah that, that kind, kind of thing, thing. so yeah. it was a uh, uh it was good about that, uh, but it's we're still in a weird situation, and we've got what's going on in Europe. And today, the the Russians were basically told, "All right, well, we'll buy your oil, but now we've capped it at sixty dollars." Who capped it? That's the European Union. So Europe is saying we will only buy oil from Russia if it's at this fixed yeah. price, which mm-hmm. I'm guessing is much lower than yes, what Russia absolutely. is charging. So yeah, so and what it's costing them to pull out. So and the whole thing is, is you could sell it to them. And maybe a break even or something, but the reality is you're not going to be able to take that money and pour it back into your war. Is that political pressure to end what's going on in Ukraine? They're trying. Or is that just because they desperately need lower prices on gas? Probably a little bit of both. Because yeah. you got to think, you're dealing with a lot of countries. Even the ones who are, are against Russia, they may not be pals with some of the people they're having to pal up with. Okay, so what, let's follow the train of thought there. What happens next? If you say, if you're Europe and you say, we'll only pay you 60 bucks a barrel or whatever you said it was. Uh, if you're Russia, you're not doing that. Well, you might so have no choice for a while. Oil? You might have no choice for a while because China and what's going on there, that is such a nightmare for them because they're not consuming a vast amount of oil like they normally would because of all the lockdowns. So normally if they're in full flow and they're growing, they're consuming oil left, right and center, not near where we are, but still much higher than everybody else. They're not doing that now. So their real big buyer at this moment might be India. I got to tell you, the economy right now is as weird as I've seen it because, like we said, jobs are good. Unemployment is low. The price of gas is on its way down. Consumer spending in October and November was pretty strong, all things considered. And yet we're still heading for a possible recession. Yeah, listen to this. This is very interesting. So we have this strange situation where we got good jobs and people are saying they can't fill them because they can't find the skills they need. And people saying, I want the skills, I want those jobs. And what we're trying to do is increasingly build the bridge so people can move into those roles. 
Yeah, you're finding a lot of CEOs across the country, a lot of people saying, you know, we don't care about your education at this point. Come to us as a blank slate, and we'll teach you how to do some of this stuff. It, the letters behind your name don't mean as much as your want to do something. And I think that's the other big side of things is uh, this weekend when I went to we, – we went out on Sunday and got food on the way here. We took Jack and, and his mom and everybody. We all went out. And, man, I'll tell you what. The lady's like, look, I'm the only person here in the restaurant. And she goes, there's, you know, there's a couple servers, but she was working in the bar, and we wanted to watch the games. It, it was crazy. There was probably 20 people, 30 people in there. We didn't get our food for like an hour and 10 minutes. And she was it. And it was, uh, she's like, we can't. They were trying to do interviews there. She goes, we set up three interviews. One person showed up. I think right now, companies are just going to get who they get. That's exactly it. And that's that's rough for a lot of companies. All right, coming up next on the Gatos and Chad Show. Governor Ducey, he made a promise. Deuce, but deuce, is he going to keep it? I guess we'll find out here in the very near future. That's next on the Gatos and Chad Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. That is us. Hey, let's read one of these things so this guy Steve doesn't yell at me. If you know a remarkable teacher, text teacher to 411923. You know why? Because you can nominate them. Pay tribute to a teacher. That's teacher to 411923. Pay tribute to a teacher. Brought to you by your Valley uh, Toyota dealers. It's one of the coolest things we do uh, to support teachers. 2500 bucks a month. Uh, governor Ducey's done some good things for teachers in his time as governor. I think that he caught a lot of flack early on for not doing so. Yeah. But he did the 20 by 2020 plan, which gave teachers a 20% raise in over theory. the course of a couple of years. Uh, in theory. Because one of the things is that you know, I think that he gets blamed for is you can give 20% to the to the districts, but how they dole it out right. was one of the things that I think people were frustrated. It's like, hey, I gave you the money. How the people that got the money and gave it to you, that was their issue. How did the principal get a 25% raise yeah. and I got a 15% and We added two raise or- new, you know, you know, we added two new administrators and things of that nature. So we talked yesterday, uh, the, the busy conversation in the education world in Arizona has now gone to what is called the aggregate expenditure limit. Now, that's just a bunch of words, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dumb it down for you. It's a school cap. It's a yeah. cap on how many dollars in Arizona we can spend on our schools. Doesn't seem like a thing that should exist to me. Like, I don't think there should be a public limit that we put on our schools, especially when our budget every year is over that cap and we have to vote on whether or not we can exceed the cap. That seems dumb to me. So we should either get rid of it or raise the cap significantly so that we're no longer bumping up against it every year. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. So Joe Dana over at 12 News has done some good reporting on this. And uh, Michelle Udall is one of the state legislators, uh, also a teacher, a high school teacher, um, who has said in the last couple of days, we have the votes. We have enough lawmakers in the House and the Senate to get rid of this thing. Whether it's for one year or permanently, I don't know what they would choose to do. But what has to happen is Ducey has to call a special Special. session and bring them all in right now in December, a month before he leaves office. Is that something he's willing to do? Is there a win in it for him? Well, I think there's a win in it to get it done. Uh, I think if he does it, though, you're going to want to get rid of the whole thing. I would hope. But I don't know if he's going to do that. You know, he might just pass it on to her. Uh, and let her, her just being do, Katie, Hobbs. Katie Hobbs and just let her deal with it at this point. Well, and she would clearly be in favor of doing that as well. But Absolutely. The but then is, you got you can have new people coming in, or you, you, got you can have all the votes. You're gonna have to go. I mean, you've got a lot of them are the same, but you're still got new ones coming in. You're still gonna have to go out, and maybe somebody feels something today that they may not feel in a week or two, and that's also something else that I think you know these people change their minds rather quickly. Yeah. 
So as of now, Michelle Udall, who's I, I, I forget what the name of the committee is, but basically the education committee, she's in charge of that. She says we have the votes. There was a uh, group of legislators yesterday who met down at the Capitol and held a press conference and basically said, hey, we're here. We're ready to do this. Where's the governor at? It's been reported that he told certain legislators earlier this year, I will call a special session and here's what I need. I need to make sure we have the votes first because that's how politics works, And that might be the thing he's doing right now. Maybe he's on the phone with his people going, how many people do we have here? Do we? Because I'm not going to call something if we're not going to get it done. Right. So if we've got them for sure and if we can make a quick call and we can get this done, then let's do it. If we don't have the votes or it's by one or two, who do we have to persuade to make sure that when we walk in there, this is done, dusted, and, and we move I don't know that he is or isn't doing that right now, the whipping up of the votes, but I do know that Michelle Udall and others, and I I know that it was a report uh, of a lobbyist that she used back in October to go around and ask all the legislators who weren't doing anything in October other other than running for office and – Asked all of them, where do you stand on this? And they say they have enough votes. So yeah. if they and remember, do. remember, Michelle Udall, by the way, is a Republican. It's not yeah. like all that's coming in is Democrats. We're gonna, the Republicans that's are going to be point. the ones who are, are passing this. I think people forget that thing. Oh, it's education. It's Republicans. It's a stupid thing that we have to do this every time. It's like that they have to, uh, you know, with us have to pass some sort of pretend budget, you know, in, in when the federal government and every year they, oh, we're going to shut down. This just needs to get done once and for all. And I understand why they put it in place. The issue is, should it be updated in some way, shape, or form? Because they put it in place because they didn't want to look over and see what's going on in California where a vast majority of money goes to the kids, yet their scores never seem to improve, and every year they're asking for more money. Where's the fine line where we're not doing this every year and having this battle, and at the same time, making sure teachers get the things that they need? So what are the consequences if we don't get this done? Uh, The Arizona Mirror has a good article on this. They put together a list of how much money each school district in Arizona There's would, a couple would of lose. A lot. Well, I mean, and they're big districts, so you have to put it in context, I guess, but at the same time, Mesa Unified School District is going to lose $83.5 million. That's a lot. $83 million. Yeah. And remember, Tucson, this is money that's million. already allocated to them. It's in a bank account. They've got it in their pocket. They just need to be told, you guys go spend it. Tucson, $65 million. Chandler Unified, $62 million. Phoenix Union High School District, $52 million. I mean, these are massive districts, but even some of the rural ones, you lose $100,000, yeah. that's a lot of teachers out in rural Arizona. No doubt. Trust me, I live in the Valley of the Dirt People. I know what that's like. And so you're looking at the possibility of furloughing teachers, maybe possibly... Already short of teachers. Possibly, right, true. We already have how many openings in the state? Yeah. Thousands. Uh, you've got a lack of substitute teachers already. If they furlough teachers or if they shut down schools that's early... That's a possibility. Or... Or shut, take take kids, hey, you know what, we're only going to go to school four days a week. Or this might be something here, too. Hey, guess what? We're going to combine these two schools. We're closing one school and moving everybody to this one because it would just be easier. I, I really strongly believe that this would be a great last thing on the way out the door for the governor. I have a feeling you will. I bet you he and he's making sure he's like, Michelle, we got to make sure we have every vote. I want to hear from the people and once we know that, then we can call everybody in. And, and if I'm Tom Horn, you know, I mean, you, this is your gig now, I'd like man. to hear his thoughts on I it. I would, too. I would like to hear his thoughts. I, For all I, the chaos and craziness, sorry, you got the gig now, so let's hear your thoughts on this. I've never heard anybody, even Republicans, I've never heard them come out and be like, this is a great thing, we got to keep it. Yeah. Can't no. get rid of it. No, no, I haven't heard that from anybody. So. No. Coming up next on the show, if you're going to break the law, breaking I have a law, recommendation for you. Don't film yourself doing it. 
God, that is the new stupid in America, isn't it? One person in Arizona learned that lesson the hard way. We'll tell you all about it next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show, 2 till 6. Friday, baby. I'll tell you that, I'm excited. Got a big weekend of nothing planned. Best day of the week. That is, yeah, it is. You know what? Tuesdays, my producer for my my national show, he hates Tuesdays with a passion. He does. Anthony hates Tuesdays. I thought you were going to say Tuesdays are the best day. No, no. I love I, Thursdays. Wednesdays are okay. Mondays are pretty cool because you got everything that happened over the weekend. Tuesdays are like, eh. Wednesdays are okay. Thursdays I really like. And then, you know, Fridays are awesome. Well, yeah. There's all this anticipation. You got the weekend. Then Saturday rolls around. You're pumped. You're stoked. It's Saturday. We're doing stuff. Sunday and then midday comes. You're like, oh, God, I got to go to work tomorrow. Uh, you going anywhere over the weekend? Uh, zero places. Any big trips? Nothing planned? No, no. Not we got nothing. We're going Canyon. to go somewhere next weekend. This weekend because my, my stepdaughter's birthday is next weekend. So where she wants, this is her. She's very, I love her. She's very vapid. She's, but I want to do like a big hotel, like a really nice, like, fun like thing in the whole nine yards and, and I'm like okay if that's a her nice birth, thing that's what her, does that like, mean she wants to do a weekend of like being pampered and stuff she doesn't want oh. like stuff for her birthday but then I told her I said look we're, we might go watch the World Cup finals with my buddy in Palm Springs so hold off on that interesting uh, could I make a recommendation to you Chad please do if you choose to go to a national park, if I dare choose, don't take a video of yourself hitting a golf ball into the Grand Canyon. I was not going to do that. I it, would put it in there. This is something the hole that, was so uh, big, guys. Something that went sort of TikTok viral. I'm not a huge TikTok person, but uh, I, I've seen this video of a girl that was released by the National Park Service. Uh, she's very famous on TikTok. I have no idea who she is. She has like seven million followers, and there's a video of her hitting a golf ball straight into the Grand Canyon. The ball goes in, obviously. Yeah. Pretty pretty hard hole to miss. Um, but she also let go of the golf club, and the golf club goes See, blind. that's not a good thing, kids. So the it's Grand Canyon uh, basically put this out there and said, do we really need to say this? But don't hit golf balls into the Grand Canyon. She's facing uh, some fines, which I'm sure she'll make up for on the, the revenue from the video alone, probably. Here's my thing. Well, actually, here's the thing. TikTok famous. There's no revenue streams on TikTok like there is on Instagram or, in particular, YouTube. YouTube is huge. Uh, but, you know, I've got some friends who have you know, a few million followers, and they'll say, you know, the problem is it's, 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 you just don't know. There's no consistency. You can get more views one month and get far less money, have less views, and get more money. And that's the inconsistency and the non-transparency that, that YouTube has. But w- TikTok is the issue. Everybody's there. What did I see yesterday? On average, on average... Americans waste 1.8 hours a day on TikTok. Is that insane? That even accounts for the people who don't have a TikTok? Wow. I look, Oh, now, Chevy. Chevy's shaking it. You don't have TikTok. Good wow. for you, Chevy. Because you know why the you, Chinese Chevy. are just trying to, like, now oh, I know. Don't go there, I don't Chad. do it. I don't either. Becky Lynn's got TikTok. No, she's I on don't. it all day. That's I... why we have to hold up the headlines, because that's her favorite time when they start releasing the kitty videos. <laughs> I'm scared of TikTok. I, I don't know what's behind it. And by the way, the I'm Chinese thing, you say I don't. That's absolutely right. Even now, Biden's people are saying, yeah, we got to get rid of this. This thing is... Is that like the whole like data related? Yeah. Because yeah. I have a TikTok. I watch videos that people send me, but I don't post anything. Yeah. Um, but it's not like if you go on TikTok, you get this huge like Chinese influence or anything. No, like, but you want to know what you do get? About it. 
So over there in China, they promote their kids, their young people doing great things like, hey, I, I, uh, uh, I did this and I got straight A's and I got that. And they suppress all the wacky stuff. They make sure that good stuff that we have usually gets pushed to the side and we get idiots hitting golf balls into the Grand Canyons. So this girl on TikTok, she was initially charged with three misdemeanors, according to the Arizona Republic, uh, but received citations for disorderly conduct and tossing or throwing items into the canyon. Not a good idea. She was also fined two hundred and eighty five dollars, which doesn't seem all that bad. That's like a speeding ticket. Uh, and uh, they've already received payment. So this whole situation is over, but it speaks to a larger issue in America for me. Which is look at me. It's the thirst for attention. The thirst. At, you drop the thirst at us. all costs. You drop thirst on us. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's that's it, though. I mean, like it, consequences do not matter anymore no, because, no. like I said, she's probably as an influencer. I'm sure she counts as an influencer. She makes some sort of money off of this somehow. Maybe not this specific video, but somehow she's yeah, making money like on over social time media. or something, you know. So $285 is nothing. No. So really she suffers minimal consequences for actually doing this stunt, let's call it. I, and that's how American I- America oh, is right now. I, I said this, we started going downhill when they put the uh, camera on the front of the phone instead of the back of the phone so we could see ourselves. And uh, my uncle was talking, and I'll say it, my other company, we make money off influencers, so it's a good thing. But it's, it's, he goes, I'm at dinner the other night at a very nice restaurant. There were three tables of people who had those, those, uh, those O ring like the rings. Yes. Yeah. They were all doing something, all not, not together, separate, doing filming stuff. And he thought, oh, God, weird. It's what just, the, it's freaky weird. What the hell is wrong yeah, with us? What's wrong with us? Yeah. All right. Coming up next on the Gators and Chad Show, how long could you survive if you fell off of a cruise ship? Is this a a contest? Uh, We'll tell you what happened to one unlucky passenger. That's coming up next. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful KTAR News, 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. That's right. Imagine going out, join yourself in a little cruisy cruise. Next thing you know, you're overboard, sweet mother of goodness, floating around out there. And if you've never been on a cruise and you realize, oh my God, I can't see anything anywhere, you realize how tiny you are. Joining us now, Alex Stone, ABC News. So Alex, overboard he went. And by the grace of God and luck, because that's what ends up happening out there, uh, still alive. Yeah, you know, this story makes no sense, but there's no way. How would you have faked it? Yeah, he was a passenger on the Carnival Valor, and then Coast Guard found him 21 hours later, all alone, out in the ocean, nothing uh, to hold on to. So, yeah, the uh, James Grimes, 28 years old, uh, telling his story now that we were amazed by it a week ago when we found out that the Coast Guard had rescued a guy who had been uh, gone overboard and was found 21 hours later, wanted to know what had gone on. And uh, he's telling us now, telling us this. Was dead set on making it out of there, you know. I was never accepting that this is it. This is going to be the end of my life. All right, so it was Thanksgiving Eve. He's from Alabama. Uh, around 11 at night, he had been, uh, I don't want to shock you, on a carnival cruise, drinking at drinking the bar. Drinking on a carnival cruise, yeah. my God. He was at the bar with his sister. Got a, He had just won the air guitar competition and got a free drink out of that as well. The unlimited drink package uh, had been uh, kind of flowing through the day. Got up to use the bathroom. Says he doesn't remember anything until uh, he woke up somehow floating in the water. I came to regain consciousness. I was in the water with no boat in sight. And I can't float myself even when I'm trying to. So there had to be, you know, the Lord was with me when I was out there. 
because something was holding me up the whole time while I was passed out. And so, unconscious, woke up in the water. His sister went back to their stateroom that night. Uh, I likely thought, well, that's a little weird. James isn't here, but, you know, where's he going to be? So she went to bed. She woke up the next day. He wasn't there. She alerted the crew. They notified the Coast Guard. He was in an area of the Gulf of Mexico, about 20 miles off the coast of Louisiana, known as a shark feeding ground in that area. Yeah. Says uh, he had one close encounter with something, doesn't know what it was. And it came up on me really quick. I went under, and I could see it. And it wasn't a shark, I don't believe. But it had more like a flat mouth. And it came up and bumped one of my legs, and I kicked it with the other leg. It scared me, not knowing what it was or... At the time, how big it was, all I could see was a fin. And guys, he tells us uh, he ate a stick that floated by that looked like bamboo to at least give him some flavor that wasn't salt water. Next night, cargo ship happens to go by, sees the lights of it, uses the last of his energy to swim to that cargo ship. They incredibly, I mean, when you've been on a cruise ship, you look out in the water, you don't see anything, but saw him vectored in the Coast Guard. And when that light finally hit me, somehow I heard, we got him. And I seen a guy coming down from that helicopter, and it was coming towards me. You know, right then, I thought, man, this is, I, I see the light. When the rescue swimmer got to him, what did he tell him? He told him, hey, dude, I'm naked, just so you know. I, I don't have any clothes on. Well, the first thing I actually told him was, I don't have any clothes on. The rescue swimmer said, you're all right. Uh, we're still going to pull you out of here. And uh, this is the rescue swimmer. As I got to him, I shoved the rescue sling under his arms, and he collapsed into it. He, he had nothing left. Nothing left. James Grimes says uh, this has changed him, given him new purpose in life, opened his eyes on life. And uh, he says, hey, he only got one night out of the seven-night, six-night cruise uh, that he'll definitely go on a cruise again, wants to get the rest of his cruise in, that he'll go and do that again. He's going to stay away from the railings. I would suggest maybe the alcohol as well. Um, but uh, but he says he will be cruising again, and uh, no qualms about that. We're talking to Alex Stone from ABC News. Uh, it sounds like that movie uh, Life of Pi to me. Yeah. Was, I don't think it was yeah. a cruise of any sort, but no. the kid basically survived on a boat with a tiger for like, I don't know, days, weeks, whatever it was. Alex, I think the scariest part for me is that if you go on a cruise and you fall off, whether you're inebriated or not, nobody knows in no, the moment, nobody, right? Well, I mean, sometimes they happen to see it on a camera, but uh, not this one. Nobody knows. The cruise ship just keeps going. And uh, look, it is, if you've been on a cruise, it's hard to go overboard. You don't just go, oh, whoops, how did that happen? That uh, who knows how he ended up overboard on this one. Yeah, and lucky he didn't slam into a railing below, into a lifeboat. Most of those decks, you look down, there's things below you. But somehow, wherever he went, uh, he went into the water and the impact of falling off of a giant structure and hitting the water didn't kill him and that sharks didn't eat him get overtaken by waves and uh when the coast guard moved in their helicopter they had video rolling and he was going under the waves and his hands barely above the water and come up breathe and another wave would overtake him somehow he did that for 21 hours crazy crazy indeed alex stone abc news thanks so much brother you have a good weekend we'll talk to you next week you got it later guys uh speaking of uh to 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 give you more excitement about uh the cruising world uh this week a rogue wave smashed into a viking uh ship and killed one person. And if you've never seen a rogue wave, you can go online and see some of the guys who are in those big uh, cargo ships. They'll show you rogue waves coming out of nowhere. It seems it's bad, and then all of a sudden there's one, and it's very movie-esque. What do you mean Viking ship? The Viking uh, Viking is another cruise company. It's another cruise company. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, no, it's actually actual Viking like, ship. A bunch of Vikings like, uh, were on the way over here, and it takes Vikings a long time to get here. a few centuries ago, right? Yeah, so, uh, uh, but, yeah, and it smashed into it and did him damage. They said it was a giant wave. What is a rogue? How does that happen? They... 
to this day, they, they, they really don't know how it happens, but uh, it, it, it will be, you'll see several waves and then you'll see one that is just ginormous. Ju- like, and we think, oh, what's a wave? You know, I mean, I lived in Southern California. I've seen big waves, but we're talking stuff that like big, like our building kind of bigger than, and you're like, oh, then you, you know, nature reminds you, oh, by the way, I'm nature. Do they usually come with bad weather or do they, can they just happen on a clear day? It's happened in a lot of ways on clear day. That's what makes them rogue. But this was kind of not great weather, but it wasn't awful weather. See, I, I the story that Alex just told us is even more amazing to me, the fact that he was inebriated. Yeah, and that's like, it. That's like probably this, why he's thrived. If you threw me overboard right now, first of all, the impact would probably kill me. I'm just that weak. Uh, but second of all, like I don't know that sober I could have done what this kid did. You don't know what you can do until you're forced to do it. Until your life or death situation. There you go. That's yeah. the thing. I think I couldn't do that. No, you don't know if you could or couldn't do that. And you hope you never have to fall over the ship to find out. But you don't know what you can and can't do until you're it, faced in the, uh, with that. You wish it hadn't happened, but I'm glad that it all ended up okay. And he got a good story out of it. A phenomenal story. He's not going to have to buy a drink for a while. No. And, of course, everybody's first thought is, eh, he's faking it. <laughs> uh, coming up, uh, election process in the Valley. Everywhere is finally ended now. What is everything going to look like as we head forward? We'll talk about that. So much more crap. Gaze from Chat Show.